sure like kung fu. Yeah, man. Uh, what's not to like, honestly? I mean, yeah. D- did you like want to work out more as you watched the movie? That's the question. I have that experience every time I watch a fight movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just you and me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, I need to like you know pick up heavy things and put them back down. It is fun to watch a, though. A lot more. Yeah. Uh, it makes me feel like I need to really step my cardio game up. Yeah, I know. Cardio's the worst, though, It's right? not fun. Hi, welcome to the Good Trash Fitness Cast, where we talk about our workout <laughs> regimens. Definitely not that. Yeah, uh, we are not about that game. But uh, hey, this is a Good Trash Undercast, and uh, we are so glad you're here. I'm still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I'm still Dalton. And we are here bringing you the films that will never show up in a film stays course. We are continuing with uh, Dalton's wedding present, this Keanu Reeves uh, movie marathon about said wedding marathon. Um, it's not exactly We'll that. get there next week. Yeah. Um, him and Tiger Chan hook up at the end of the movie, and it's gorgeous. Much different. Much different film. Yeah, uh, I like that. The bug, the bug, the Busby Berkeley musical number there at the end is very excellent. Um, who knew Keanu could tap dance? I mean, he's not a, surprised. You know, he's more of a clogger than a tap dancer, though, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, in terms of style, he you put know, in a few licks on that accordion, and I was really impressed. Yeah, that Tai Chi style um, clogging is really what it's all about, though. Man, I really want to go get a Tai Chi latte when this is all said and done. <laughs> That's not a thing. Oh man, that was always working at Starbucks. That was always uh, when people would. Uh, Miss, miss, say chai tea latte and say tai chi latte. Is that a thing that would happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, it sounds like an easy sort of transition yeah, of letters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. And, you know, white time. Oklahomans. Yes. Yeah, I'll do it too. Yeah. So, Can I get a grand uh, uh, tai chi latte? Did you punch them in the face? No, I just laugh at them after they leave. When you when somebody orders a tai chi latte, you just have to like really like bend and swing right <laughs> into the, right into single. Whip. There's a lot that's of rhythm. Yeah, there's a lot of rhythm involved in crafting that drink. Uh, but yeah, we're talking uh, the man of Tai Chi. The man of Tai Chi, uh, tai, uh, tai Chi's Keanu Reeves' first direct. How does Tai act- Chi's differ from like a Swiss cheese or? A- <laughs> well, Tai Chi's is. Um, does- I would like to know more about uh, Thailand's uh, cheese. It's kind of a soy milk with bamboo, and I don't know. I, I don't know. Any listeners, if you know anything about uh, the cheeses of Thailand, please feel free to let us know. I, I'd be curious. I, they have cows. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a cow in the opening moments of uh, Uncle Boomy who can recall his past lives, which is a Thai film. So that's the thing. They got cows. They do have cows. Uh, I'm very excited that uh, we we chose to uh, spend this week's episode of uh, the man they call Keanu talking about his directorial debut. Yeah, and kung fu. Yeah. So uh, we're very very excited to be doing this. If you're tuning in for the very first time, to the Good Trash Undercast, though, this is a warning that we need to give you. This is not a review show. It is a analysis show, which means it's a spoiler show. It's all about just telling you everything. So the internet has been hyper allergic lately uh, regarding the all things spoiler because of Avengers Endgame and. Uh, we, den- we tend to be respectful of those kinds of things when those cultural moments occur. But the stuff that we uh, use as our bread and butter here at the Good Trash Honor Cast are things that we are going to spoil and spoil hard. So uh, just be be aware of that and uh, be warned uh, concerning that. But before we get into heavy spoiler territory, we kind of talk about the movie a little bit just in terms of review. And uh, that begins, though, with a synopsis of the film from Arthur Gordon. Which Arth- could be pretty spoilery depending it- on how much time Arthur had. Um, yeah, or just, you know, or what he stole. Um, so, uh, which of it is it? Is it is it stolen or is it yours? Uh, the base was a bit stolen, but I added a bit to it because it was kind of just synopsizing the... The base and then the superstructure. Yeah. So I added, like a Marxist I added, yeah. synopsis. <laughs> the community worked together to put this one out. <laughs> so, um, Synopsizers of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your words. Are you ready? I am so ready. Are you off your soapbox yet? 
in his directorial effort, Keanu Reeves tells the story of Tiger Chin. Chin is a Tai Chi student who is rather rebellious and uses Tai Chi in tournament competition despite his master's concerns. He is approached by the mysterious Donaka. Is it Donaka? Donaka? Donaka. Donaka Mark, played by Keanu Reeves. Donaka Patrick. Who wants to recruit Tiger uh, to fight in an underground fight club. Tiger is resistant at first. When the temple where he studies gets threatened from uh, by modern redevelopment, he takes Donica up on his offer and begins fighting to get the money the temple needs. However, he soon realizes that his employer has other negative motives. Donica is broadcasting Tiger's fights to a seemingly rich clientele who delight in these brutal battles. When Tiger realizes Donica is attempting to turn him into a killing machine, he teams up with the police to bring Donica down. After a raid on one of his facilities, Donica evades capture. He then confronts Tiger at Tiger's Temple, where the two face off in a one-on-one battle for supremacy. That's it. That's what happens. Yeah, it's a big fight movie. A lot of fighting. Lots of fights. Yeah, there are many, many fights, and they are quite good. So uh, without any further ado, though, let's talk about whether or not we like The Man from Tai Chi. Um, And I do want to evaluate this in terms of its Keanu-ness. So Keanu as an antagonist, and also Keanu as director. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. Going to you first. Arthur, what say you? Um, I... Like this movie, uh, I was talking to Dustin about this off air. I'm not really versed at all in the kung fu genre. Uh, we did the one one movie like six years ago. Uh, I think it was a Jet Li movie. The um, oh yeah, um, Hero. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we didn't do Hero. We no. did Fearless. We did Fearless. Fearless. That's what it was. Fearless is very good. Hero uh, is actually the great one. And yes. so outside of that, and a few of Jackie Chan's American buddy cop comedies, I, I really haven't seen any kung fu at all. Uh, and so it's something I'm really not versed in. And so uh, I really enjoyed this, though. I, I did like it, and I think that kind of helped me probably enjoy it a little more because I don't have anything to kind of mark it against. Um, but the action, the fight scenes are really good. They're really well choreographed, uh, really hard-hitting. Uh, they kind of had that, like, uh, mystical kind of floaty airiness to them that I think kind of came up after The Matrix and uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, a lot of that string work and stuff like that. Um, but they're, they're, they look really cool. Um and I think Keanu's effort in putting this story together as a director is, is pretty strong for the most part. Uh, I think um, he really, you know, appreciates this this genre uh, and these styles, and, and I think that comes across really well. Uh, there are some technical things. There are some editing I think that was off uh, in a few spots. There were some cuts that uh, from one scene to the next that just didn't quite work out. Uh, in a way that made sense, I think, at times. And also the way he shoots some of the fight scenes uh, or or some of the training scenes even. Uh, like uh, when we first see uh, Tiger Chin training with his master and they do this kind of very flowy, airy, uh, back-and-forth exchange as they're practicing. Uh, the movement and everything is really cool, but the way it's shot is really kind of jagged. There's a lot of close-ups and mid-shots that are don't really feel like they match the flow of that fight very well um when it becomes much more aggressive later in the movie after uh tiger's kind of uh i guess corrupt for lack of a better word when he meets up with his master and they have a more kind of harsh exchange um the the harder sharper cutting there makes sense uh but i think something a little more natural and flowy in that earlier one would have would have made that pop a little better uh, so there's things like that just don't work for me as well. There are also so some editing transitions uh, with the musical score that kind of feel repetitive. Uh, and it's more of a stylistic thing that I kind of noticed. Um, but uh, kind of the music, I think, peaking and then 
kind of fading out and dropping to the next scene. It's kind of a repetitive beat that that comes to the movie. But outside of that, I think structurally, uh, it's very well told. I, I, I was pretty invested in it. I like Tiger Chen a lot. I like this character's story, and and it's very interesting. Um, you know, and I think it's it's a lot more in worth of my time to invest in than something like Bloodsport, which I just really couldn't get into. I think there's a lot more here to hook uh, a casual viewer, even though it is uh, you know foreign language. Um, I really wasn't even thinking about that so much because so much of it is done through the action. So much is portrayed through the action uh, as far as story advancement, character relationships, um, and things like that. So, yeah, as far as Keanu's direction, for the most part, I think he does a pretty good job of, of landing the plane here. Um, and as an antagonist, I think he's pretty interesting. You know, he doesn't have a lot to do. He's just kind of a cloaked big, big bad. Um, it feels like kind of the puppet master and so his kind of line to Rivoli, he's very wooden throughout. And I, you know, I think that's very intentional what he's doing here and, and playing this almost Satan-esque uh, character type. I, I think he's you know doing that well. Um, and I think he has a lot of legitimacy through, through most of it. I don't know that I love his fight scene itself uh, with uh, Tiger at the end. I don't know. There's something about it because he's very kind of much more uh, brutal and blunt in his kind of delivery he's not as fancy it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. as as tiger or as polished but he's not supposed to be um but i just wasn't super invested in their their battle at the end uh but overall yeah i actually i i liked this one quite a bit i thought there was a lot going on thematically uh that is really interesting and so um well, I'm pretty positive on this one, I think. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. What do you say, Dalton? Do you like the man from Tai Chi? The man from Tai Chi? Uh, the man of Tai Chi? The man the, the man from Uncle. Uh, the man from Shanghai? I, I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. I, unlike Arthur, I, I am quite versed in kung fu movies, and this really feels like a riff on Enter the Dragon in a lot of ways, just in terms of that it is a to-the-death tournament, that there's this intrigue of the the police uh, cracking down on this blood sport that's going on. Um, so it really wears its influences on its sleeve. But as Arthur said, there's a lot of characterization in this film, uh, more so than you'd expect from this kind of thing. Uh, before Tiger and Keanu actually meet, and we'll, we have the good fortune of Tiger Chin being both the character and the actor's name, so we just get to use both, which is fun. Um but uh, Tiger uh, practices English in, in the car on his drive to work, which I just think is a fun character, uh, just quirk that we uh, see expanded upon when he he does meet Keanu. Um, to, to your point about Keanu's acting, Arthur, it being a little wooden, I think his dialogue is wooden because it's, uh, you know, it, it is a mainland Chinese production. So I think they probably kept the English dialogue as like simple and easy to subtitle as possible. So it's very like declarative statements and just like does it matter yeah yeah, yeah. His, his lines are very yeah i am here to be keanu reeves the western star that's going to get this scene in theaters outside of mail in china i mean that's he is very much there doing a certain job outside of director just in terms of being the face of the movie because he's on a lot of the key art for this film and sometimes bigger than tiger depending on what part of the world they were promoting the film in um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of fun thematic stuff here. There's a lot of fun character stuff here. Again, more so than a, a fight film like this you would necessarily expect to, to have going in. Uh, I, I think one of my only quibbles is, is probably the super mega happy ending that the film has. It feels a little abrupt and rushed. Everything just gets resolved, uh, which kind of undoes some of the thematic work about the nature of fighting. 
Um, we spend so much time in this film talking about uh, the morality of fighting and the, the, the purpose or purposelessness of fighting that for us to kind of end on a super mega happy ending following a fight to the death is a weird choice. Uh, but, but overall, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I think the fight choreography is really incredible. There, there's a great bit running throughout the film that as Tiger uh, beats a certain opponents, his, his fighting style evolves. It becomes less Tai Chi uh, specific and a little bit more broadly uh, encompassing of different martial arts styles, which I think is really cool. Uh, it's just a, a small visual uh, touch throughout the fight choreography that I, I think is really impressive. Um, but again, yeah, solid film, um, interesting film, nothing to write home about probably, but a, a very fun watch, a compelling watch and a film really based purely on the both uh, physical and acting charisma of Tiger Chin. I mean, it really is in some ways Keanu's love letter to a buddy of his that he made making the Matrix films. And uh, I think they probably had a great time working together and I think it shows on screen. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. There you go, there you go. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Oh, I like this movie a lot. It's a lot of fun. And I gotta say, is not Tiger Chen gorgeous? He's very handsome. That is a pretty boy. Right it, it's weird. He's playing such a young character. He's playing a character in his early 20s, and I think he would have been in his like mid to late 30s when they shot mm -hmm. this. So there is a little bit, a tiny bit of cognitive dissonance there where you're like, wait a second, you seem older than you're acting. Right. Uh, but he's so good. He's, he's so he's handsome. He's so pretty. Yeah, he's a very, very pretty boy. And so good selection there. Um, and again, he is excellent at all of his martial arts stuff. I mean, he's very well schooled by Yun Mu Ping. And you can definitely see uh, that uh, excellence there. Um, I do. Um, I, I'm not quite with you, Arthur, with the fight scenes. I do agree that uh, there are some edits in that first sort of pushing hands. Uh, training warm-up thing between uh, the Master and Tiger Chen. But I think the other fight scenes, for the most part, um, are, are better than what you see in a lot of uh, movies these days because they tend to be so edited that you lose track of the artistry of the martial art. You lose track of, these guys are doing this. And uh, it is absolutely these guys are doing this. And you are sort of taken aback a little bit when there's a little bit of rope work here with a spin move or a double, you know, leg kick and you land back on your feet, which is impossible. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, the fights feel really grounded for the most part. And then every once in a while they'll pull some wire work out. Yeah. Just to, like, really uh, put some anguish on something. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a little bit of that. But for the most part, you're, you're thinking these are impressive martial artists. Uh, Keanu Reeves uh, is very good at what he does. And he's so big. In comparison, you know, I mean, he's not a huge guy, but he's monstrous in a uh, mainland Chinese cast movie. Uh, and so he's he's gigantic. He's M. Bison at that point uh, for the movie. And so I, I like his casting there. I do like his dark bad guy role. And it is very much delivered as I'm just I'm, I'm the evil corporate chairman of evil corporation twirling my mustaches doing all my evil what's more evil it's a very snidely whiplash villain yeah. yes absolutely and i'm okay with that uh because i think that's sort of the role that he's in you owe me a life yeah what okay what a great line he gets to say it like four times is it a great line? Um, it's silly in it, a way that I love. But it, it definitely works, uh, again, for Chinese audiences in terms of uh, subtitling and translation, because that's definitely the key market that we're working for uh, for the film. I mean, that becomes very clear when Tiger's first first 
very first fight, if not his second fight, is against a, an MMA guy. Yeah. There's definitely a little bit of... Uh, tai Chi beats MMA. The, the government of China being like, don't forget to remind everybody how cool traditional martial arts are, and, even though mixed martial arts are getting very popular in mainland China. And let, let's not forget that Tai Chi is the uh, national martial art of China. It is the national sport. You know, Second is Wuxia, which is sort of a mixed uh, version of styles of martial arts, uh, which Tiger Chen was a champion in uh, back in the day. So all of that you know, kind of connects... Uh, there, but yeah, I, th- I I think it works start to finish as an interesting uh, sting drama. It does have some of those uh, shades of End of the Dragon uh, working in there. It also has some of the sort of typical uh, movie shades where uh, of an action film where you're working for something that is a little duplicitous, a little bit on the shadowy, something on the gray side, and the uh, main character finds the line that he will not cross. And whenever he arrives at that particular line, then his life is forfeit, and the big confrontation ensues after that. And so. I mean, that's typical, but I'm okay with that because that's what I signed up for. I mean, I'm, it's man from, man from Tai Chi. Man of Tai Chi. It's a kung fu movie. I mean, this is what we're doing here, and I'm, I'm totally fine with it. So I had a rip-roaring good time, and I recommend uh, Man of Tai Chi very highly. So there you go, dear listener. Those are our initial thoughts uh, regarding the man of the man of Tai Chi. Not from. You're going to get there. You got it, buddy. Uh, I keep wanting to say from as well. Prepositions are hard. They are. They're difficult. Um, So the man of Tai Chi uh, is uh, a lot of fun there. Uh, And so we're going to do our next segment of the show in which we expand the syllabus. So you're teaching some sort of course. And uh, this movie becomes the syllabus assigned film of the week. With what do you augment your teaching, Dalton? Well, first off, we are going to start with, uh, I think... the best uh, Western contemporary of Man of Tai Chi, and that is Warrior, starring uh, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy. Another film that is very, very much about uh, the economics of of prize fighting, which uh, I think Man of Tai Chi does a good job of weaving that into its narrative. The the ways in which Tiger is tempted by money, um, and the ways in which the more he's fighting for money as opposed to fighting um, for something within him, the more he fights in a, a very violent, uh, dark manner, uh, as he more and more sells his slow sells his soul to Donica, he fights more and more aggressively. And again, I think Warrior, while not questioning the need to fight for money, I mean, I, I think it being an American film, it just assumes the need for money. <laughs> as a just yep, yeah, the audience knows that that's that's the thing that you need. Um, so it doesn't really wrestle with that as much, but it definitely wrestles with the struggle, both physically and mentally and emotionally of of trying to keep that up trying to put your your body on the line in that way and again just a film that really by being uh two different rocky films at once uh, warrior does such a great job of navigating the emotions of prize fighting um really a great film i know we've talked about it on the show quite a bit in the past but I, I think it's a great great pairing with the man of tai chi uh just in terms of a contemporary i mean they come out around the same time but you know one's uh a western film one's an eastern film um and, and the ways in which they parallel each other are really really interesting and i, I think that's going to be great context uh next up you got to check out the john boyce uh youtube documentary series fighting in the age of loneliness uh, if you don't know John Boyce, uh, I believe he's uh, one of the Chop How Trap Out, Chopo Trap House guys. I, I don't really care for their podcast, honestly, but I really like John Boyce's work with SB Nation. Uh, he does a lot of video essays, and this one is incredible. It's a five-parter about uh, the history of mixed martial arts as a sport and how the UFC kind of 
well, turn mixed martial arts from a weird uh, oddity for uh, for goofballs and loners and took that and made it into the NFL. Uh, and I think in terms of looking at Man of Tai Chi being about a film in which you have lines like, uh, my master thinks fighting serves no purpose, I think fighting in the age of loneliness is a really, really great primer just in, on how these things happen in the real world. And it focuses not just on MMA here, but it, it really heavily recognizes the place of both Brazil and Japan uh, in terms of creating mixed martial arts as a sport as we know it today. Uh, so great, great, great uh, documentary series. It's only an hour 20 tops. So, I mean, it's quick watch, five parts on YouTube. I very strongly recommend it. Uh, finally, I'm going to say we're just going to modify this uh, or, or build upon this in ways that are fun. Uh, the big set piece fight in this film is a two versus one fight. And if you want a great two V one fight from again, around the same time this film comes out, you need look no further than the raid. Uh, you've got, um, Oh, give me a second. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get that name. Um, I believe in myself. Uh, Ico, I always want to call him Ico. Ico Ewis, um, has a brief cameo here at the end of the film. He is, uh, the star of the raid, Redemption and the Raid 2. Uh, but he has a, a brief uh, cameo as the guy that Tiger refuses to fight. And uh, I, I love his cameo in this film. And it just immediately, I was already thinking about pairing this film with the raid. Uh, but uh, it's been a long time since I've watched Man of Tai Chi for the first time and forgotten he had a cameo in this. So I was like, oh, well, now we have to. Um, so again, a great two versus one fight in this film. And the raid has kind of the end-all, be-all 2v1 fight for me. It's just an incredible fight, not only in its choreography, but the way that the choreography in that scene um, further expounds upon the emotions of the drama in that film. Uh, really, really wonderful work from the fight team in that film and from the direction. Uh, so, yeah, that, that is going to be what you need to expand the syllabus from me entering into this unit on the man they call Keanu. Very good, very good. Well, hey, Arthur. What do you hey. th- uh, what do you want to expand the syllabus with? Uh, I think uh, one of the things I picked up on quite a bit here um, were the themes of uh, just uh, voyeurship as well mm. as spectatorship. Yeah. And so I think I would pull in some stuff like Psycho uh, and The Truman Show yeah. and Hellraiser uh, to kind of flesh out some of those ideas uh, and looking at you know the history of voyeurship in, in cinema. And I mean, cinema as itself as as kind of voyeurship in, in its own way, looking in the lives of other people uh, with every movie. Um, but also the idea of the Truman Show, where this you know person's whole life has been captured on film and building to a certain point, is is a very interesting idea, and that's kind of toyed with here as well. And in, in Man of Tai Chi, um, and, and then just the audience reception and reaction to uh, these stories, and, and something we kind of talked about a long time ago on on the Hellraiser episode, where we kind of looked at uh, how you know, we want to be scared. We want to be feel fear, and so we go see these horror movies. And I think some of those elements are here as well, um, in seeing the audience reaction to some of these fights. And so that's one way I'd go yeah. with it. Uh, the other thing I thought about a lot watching some of these fight sequences is I, I thought a lot about how martial arts has really, and Eastern kind of martial arts have really influenced professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. And so I thought a lot about New Japan wrestling, uh, where the Japanese strong style is a, is a really big uh, style within professional wrestling now. Uh, a lot more kicks, a lot more of that submission grappling, and 
you think of guys like Shinsuke Nakamura or even a guy like uh, Zack Sabre Jr. who's utilizing a lot of the style, a lot more knee strikes, a lot more you know elbow strikes and a lot more kicks rather than the kind of punch and grapple style of American wrestling that was so popular for so long. Uh, and so I'd say go check out some of that New Japan wrestling if you are uh, want to see something a little different, a little more quote-unquote harder hitting because yeah. uh, it looks harder and it sounds harder and it looks a lot better. Uh, Heath uh, Huffman uh, of of our own Good Trash Media uh, talks about Shinsei Nakamura a lot being, uh, you know, r- pro wrestlers are just fit drama kids. Can you imagine being in the locker room and Vince McMahon saying, hey, this is the guy that's wrestling with you now? His gimmick is that he actually punches you in the face for real. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, what? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I didn't sign up for that. Um, it's it's funny, Arthur, uh, because fighting in the age of loneliness gets into that too. The shoot wrestling that's really yeah. popular in Japan, which is basically pro wrestling without a predetermined outcome. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of this weird mixture of mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. Yeah, uh, that's super fascinating. And yeah, Shinsuke comes from that world. So yeah, yeah I think that's great, Arthur, uh, to really expand the syllabus in a, a way outside of film. Yeah, so I like it a lot. That's what I got for you. So it's going to be Bruce Lee with me. That I makes mean, sense. I yeah. Mean, yeah, of course Checks it is. Um, so we're going to watch Game of Death of all really? the movies. Instead of Enter the Dragon. Instead of Enter the Dragon, because it was made posthumously. Uh, major sections of the film were shot before Bruce Lee died in 1973. Uh, the final release of the film was 1978, question mark, if uh, memory serves. And uh, so there's a lot of edits that are uh, made, in, uh, you know, stunt doubles, uh, weird impositions of faces and whatnot. And I want to talk about star studies with, with regard to the martial arts, uh, how these stuntmen or otherwise, um, you know, not necessarily actorly kind of performers work their way into this particular role as Tiger Chen has worked it. And, uh, and the way we'd go about doing that then is you'd read lots of stuff by Paul Bowman. Uh, two books by Paul Bowman I think that would be very, very crucial here would be a Theorizing Bruce. Bruce Lee and Beyond Bruce Lee, in which he engages Zizek, Lacan, Marx, and uh, Ray Chow, um, a very, very important sort of cultural studies critic from China herself. And then in addition, I would add, um, although Paul Bowman is the editor of this particular book, it's the Ray Chow reader. And there's a handful of essays that she writes about sort of uh, cultural migration between China and the United States, globalization, and some of those forces, and the ways in which that creates a different kind of nexus for creating a new star as a commodity and uh, that seems to be the overall thrust of Bowman's work and also uh, one of the many concerns that Ray Chow brings that I think this film also uh, would tap into very interestingly so those would be uh, my recommends if I were expanding this particular syllabus and your syllabus dear listener just got a little bit longer so without any further ado though I think it's now time to get down to business it's business Right, dear listener, that business is, as always, analysis. Arthur, you were saying things to me off air. Say them again, please. Yeah, so uh, there are a couple things, and and I really look at this, uh, and, and you know, with Keanu as director slash uh, antagonist, uh, I, I think it adds a really meta element to this film in that uh, not only is he directing the film, but his character is the director of this entire tournament, broadcasting this thing uh, to you know the peoples, the shadowy. Rich figures, I suppose, who are watching this tournament. We're never really certain who the the audience for this is. But I we assume they're the rich. They go to orgies like Eyes Wide Shut. Also, oh, yes. oh yeah, for no, sure. most definitely, yeah, guarantee. Um, but I think there's this really me- interesting meta conversation happening within the film, and I I see Keanu. You know, uh, on one hand, I think he's 
looking at the commodification of the kung fu actor as you know kind of a western import and, and how we bring in these you know I, i've heard dustin speak of it somehow you know bruce lee was commodified and you see the same thing with jackie chan who was this very uh innovative and impressive and athletic superstar to gets ported over just to kind of make these comedies and, and kind of be the the crux of a joke for i think a lot of uh viewers and audiences in, in america and uh say you know Jet Li, i don't think does as much comedy but he's kind of in that same mold where he's brought over as kind of a one note uh caricature of of a, a stereotype uh in, in film and so i i look at this as kind of keanu's getting back to the basics of the melodrama of of these kind of films they're not you know a comedy you know we don't laugh at the subtitles when they don't match up with the the voice on the the screen and there's something a little more serious and a lot more heart to these movies and there's something uh very impressive in in the performance of the violence and how these you know fights are re choreographed and how they play out and how that adds to the story it's not just a set piece to eat popcorn and clap along with it's something that's kind of progressing the story and i see you know some of that there and i don't know if you guys yeah it's funny you say that arthur because i also thought a lot about the uh the meta work going on in this film not just from the way keanu seems to be looking at the ways we commodify uh stunt performers and, and you know performers on film but the way we commodify prize fighting um mm -hmm. i mean the, the, the reason people follow mixed martial arts or boxing or you know what have you is because compelling story arcs the, the compelling lie and this is what pro wrestling gets better than any of it um but it's all about the story of a person's life right the, following them throughout their career watching them. i mean the reason muhammad ali is somebody we still talk about is not just because he was an amazing boxer but because he was an amazing person an interesting person and i i think man of tai chi seems to be engaging with that when we get to the finale and tiger realizes he's not just been having his fights recorded he's been having all of his life recorded to paint this picture of a man in turmoil and for the film to go there is really interesting and again this kind of truman show aspect that arthur alluded to in expanding the syllabus i think is really interesting and speaks to what you were talking about with the, the commodification of, of physicality on film really just with a commodification commodification of fighting period uh, regardless if it's on film or if it's a real fight. Well, I mean, it's done for ratings, right? I exactly. Mean, th the Olympics does this. Uh, you've never heard of any of these uh, amateur athletes, for the most part, that are in the Olympics. And they've got all those vignettes at the front end of them. And it's definitely serving some nationalistic purposes, I'm sure, mm -hmm. as well. But it's also it's trying to get you invested so that you go ahead and tune in and watch the 200-meter dash, which you might not have otherwise watched, but because you know everything about how his, how his mom had cancer and his wife was you know, an Iraq veteran, then all of a sudden and you're wanting him to run for his family, even though you've never heard of this person two weeks ago. Well, the reason uh, McGregor and Khabib had, like, the biggest fight of all time was because of all of this insane drama that went on in the lead-up to the fight, and you've got Conor McGregor just being a monstrous asshole uh, to this guy at every chance he gets. People wanted to see what was going to happen, mm -hmm. and that's, that is the same narrative being pushed in The Man of Tai Chi. What path will Tiger Chin walk? Uh, what is going to happen to him? And it's literally, it, it makes the audience be culpable in a way that's really interesting. It puts you, the audience, in the shoes of these shadowy one percenters who are paying who knows how much to come to this live death match. 
Uh, it's it's the same thing, right? It, it is saying you have come here for a story of a person in turmoil who is uh, putting their body on the line to further something of their spirit, and it makes you question the necessity of that. Again, th- this is a film that is so much about um, knowing when to fight is more important than knowing how to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just letting the film kind of go there is such an interesting choice. And uh, again, as Arthur said, I think it shows that Keanu, um, who didn't really have anything to do with the screenplay of this film, as far as I know, he doesn't have any credits, but I, I, I suspect he was probably involved from the development phase. Um, it's interesting to see that as a director, this is a story he's interested in telling, especially because such a big part of his superstardom uh, is tied to a, a trilogy of films that are all about teaching actors how to do martial arts so you don't have to use stunt doubles as much. It's very interesting. Yeah, I think the arc of the film is very similar to going back to pro wrestling, and I think your pro wrestling observations are very good, Arthur. Um, it's it's Hulk Hogan in the 90s, where Hulk Hogan is the gold American hero, and then that He's day, got his face heel turn. And then, he, yeah, he does that crazy NWO twist, and all of a sudden, you know, up is down, left is right. You don't understand anything anymore. And we loved watching that turn uh, for him. And then the turn back, which was maybe a little less successful. But nonetheless, it, it, that's when Keanu looks at him and says, I see innocence. And so the idea is either it's going to be innocence that maintains itself all the way through, which is interesting narrative speakingly, uh, or na- narratively speaking, or it's going to be innocence corrupted. Uh, no matter what, though, people will pay to watch that. Yeah. And uh, that's what it, it – it's more than simply you know the sort of human cockfighting argument that people make sometimes about boxing or, or mixed martial arts. It's more than simply just watching who can pummel the stew out of whoever else, although that does happen. It becomes a story about what is the bad blood between these people, what is the history of these people. Again, McGregor could be being a great example of this. Why are we talking so much about where a person grew up? When we're talking about, you know, athletes, you know, you don't you don't see a whole lot of that going on, even in, you know, other sort of team sports. You don't see a whole lot of wh- what town did Tom Brady grow up in? What did you, yeah, know, you hear where they went to college? And that's about it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's a different kind of narrative. It's like it's, it's compelling drive to keep playing football um, becomes more of that story in that in those particular cases. But in especially uh, individual sports uh, and combat sports like martial arts, it becomes this person overcoming whatever their odds happen to be to do this and why they've got the hunger why they've got the eye of the tiger so to speak and uh, pursuing that kind of, and that that becomes quite interesting i do find there's another metatextual thing that's going on as well which is the commodification of the martial arts itself yeah the martial arts becoming a brand where lineages matter and where uh it becomes very very touristy the way the film ends up uh, ending is that the agreement that uh, the master makes is that yes indeed we can develop this area uh, that is around where the temple is but we're going to keep the temple up and what we're going to create is a tourist spot uh, where it's go- there's going to be a built village with you know I'm sure Starbucks and you know Orange Julius shops and you know those kinds of things where somebody can stop in and, and get their stuff and their little knickknacks and souvenirs and whatnot but also because it'll be the location of this particular style of Tai Chi. Turns out the mother style of Tai Chi in China, which is the Chen style, the Chen family style of Tai Chi, does exactly this in human history. Whoa. The Chen village in China is a new cultural historical place that that you can – basically it's a tourist destination now wow. where people will come and they will visit uh, just because they're in China and they want to see a, a kung fu spot. But also they will go and they will visit this place and they will study for a week and there are gazillions of different um, – 
you know, little martial arts schools that are now there in the Chen village where you're learning something with, with someone's connected in some way to the Chen fi- family and the Chen style of Tai Chi. And uh, that way you can sort of continue. And then you've got uh, name recognition for yourself, having a certificate where you go back to the States or wherever you happen to be from and say, I've been trained by the Chen family itself in Chen style, Tai Chi Chuan. And so now I can do my thing. Right. It becomes very, very branded. And even the Shaolin Temple is a great example of this as well. The Shaolin Temple now has its own versions of Euro Disney. Um, where it, wow. be- it becomes its own brand. So there's Shaolin Temple. There's a Shaolin Temple in New York. There's a Shaolin Temple in Australia. And uh, the current sort of media operations president, the Shaolin Temple has a media operations president. I just want to say that. That's <sighs> hard stop. Bizarre. And so you go to the Shaolin Temple now, and you can visit that in the Hunan province in China, and uh, you can learn Shaolin Kung Fu. And there's a gazillion places where you can go in the temple, around the temple, and other little small schools all about there, teaching some sort of version of northern or southern Shaolin uh, when you visit those places. And they've moved those also as, again, tourist destinations uh, for people in Australia and in New York. And this media operations executive said, if Disney can move here, why can't we move there? It's this. I mean, it's the exact same global cultural logic of late capitalism uh, at work there. And so the film. You're not better than us, China. You're as bad as we are, if not worse. Or they're using our tools against us. I mean, I don't know. I yeah, mean, true. I, I, Things are complicated. This is the segment where Dalton gets racist again. No, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur, as I, usual, me dunking on anime has caused me no end of trouble. I'd forgotten how many times Arthur has called me racist on the internet for not liking anime for about two years. Uh, nope, it's not going to happen again. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, they're they're in a bad spot too. Yeah. And again, I mean, they want to move their culture, and they want to again For sort sure. of transmit that. And I think that's fine. I think that's yeah. I think that's kind of beautiful. Uh, the, the, the export of culture is 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 a good thing for a society to do. But at the same time, using the same sort of methods and tools there is interesting. You got to fight fire with fire sometimes. And, I and again, it becomes complex, you know, which is interesting. But as I was watching this, and I really wanted to find that Tiger Chen was actually one of the Chens. Of the Chen family, of the mm. Chen style of Tai Chi. But in my research, I did not find any background in that he's a Wuxia guy and was doing all the Wuxia tournaments and whatnot as he was growing up. So as far as I know, he has no connection to that particular family. But I very badly wanted to find out that he was a Chen descendant and uh, was a Tai Chi practitioner um, like Nani Yen. Uh, but turns out not the case, and I was kind of sad to find that out. Hey, kudos to you for doing that research. Uh, how do you guys... How do you guys think about Keanu uh, as a villain? It's it's a rare uh, turn for him. We don't get to see him as a villain that often. I, he does something with his face that's unlike him. I mean, because the man is a man full of charisma and is, is, is a handsome person. And the way in which he's – because he has very, very few lines of dialogue. But to communicate just that general menace the entire film with his face is impressive. Like, there is no doubt you are looking at a villain. And there are times when you're like, is that Keanu? Is it, has he – Age somehow is, is is something. What's what's different about this guy? Yeah, and uh, I think that's impressive. Yeah, I think I, I I think Dustin really hit it on the nail on the head earlier in his review, discussing just his kind of physicality uh, within this role. Not not only just facial expressions, but just his pure size, especially against Tiger Chin, uh, being so. I mean, the guy's tall anyway. He's just a I mean, tall he's, guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, not to undersell that, but because yeah, Tiger fights guys that are more muscular than Keanu in this film. Yeah. but Keanu's just tall. Yeah, he's and he's very just I don't know, 
imposing his, yeah. his, his size. Is, he cuts well, a hell of a silhouette. Well, he's yeah. always wearing a jacket, so it does increase you know, yeah. your, your body silhouette as well, yeah. And so I, I think it's interesting. It's always fun to see kind of these beloved good guys get to do a bad a baddie role once in a while. And so yeah. I, I think he does a good job with it, and I think it, uh, I think he's a good foil for Tiger Chin, and uh, I I think he's uh, his brooding kind of he's got this natural mystery about him anyway, I think in, as, as a person. And so I think that really adds to his villain persona here is the face of this or not face of this shadowy organization. Um, and, and then getting the, the fun little mask and uh, gloves bit is, is a nice little ad as well. Yeah. He, he kind of represents not only a foil to tiger, but a, t- a foil to tiger's master in an interesting yeah. way. Oh yeah. Because we get, we don't get a lot of this, but we see that, uh, Mark Donica has like this this meditation spot in his office. It's got this like whole like uh, oh, it's not what's the word for the the sand? The Zen garden. It is a Zen garden. Okay, I was gonna say that and I thought I was wrong. But yeah, he's got the Zen garden that he looks at to to like focus himself, and it's just like oh wow, and it's you know it's a lot more blacks uh, than lighter colors that, that we get in. Uh, Tiger's Masters uh, Dojo, or well, Dojo's the wrong word. But you get you know what I'm saying. The Coon. Coon. Thank you. Uh, it's just very interesting to see that Mark Donica is is also a spiritual guy. Just in a he is like a real like left hand path, like focusing his dark energies guy. It's kind of a cool touch. It's a very yin and yang. Exactly. Thing. Absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And I mean that's definitely what the film is going for, right? These dueling masters fighting yeah. for the soul one's of Tiger white, Chin. One's in black. Bingo. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, yeah. It's real star westerny tropes. Well, you know, I, I think... Uh, uh, well, the Tai Chi yin and yang. I mean, yeah, yeah the Taoist yin and yang thing is, is definitely there. I think it's their Western tropes, uh, both because of cowboy stuff, but because of Star Wars, too. And Star Wars pulling so much from Eastern iconography mm. that, yeah, I, I think it's really, really cool. Again, it's on the nose, for sure, but the fact that they went through the trouble to, uh, you know, do the production design on all these spaces and show these scenes of, of quiet contemplation <laughs> for multiple characters... Uh, says a lot for what kind of film they want to make. So, can we talk about Tai Chi? Sure. Cause, we can. I don't know anything about it. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool kind of kung fu. It's very uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. But uh, you, you saw that little bit of it. Um, it is definitely uh, very what they call a soft style, and there's some conversation about that. It's also part of what's called the internal styles of martial arts as opposed to the external styles. The external styles are like boxing, which is about hitting opponents and those kind of things. The internal styles are much more meditative, more about breathing and focusing your energy. Posture. And, and they got sort of the woo-woo magic stuff of, you know, you know the bullshito. Oh, of, we're, we're going to talk about the um, woo-woo magics here in a second. Yeah, you know, of, of using your chi energy to, you know, use the force and push somebody away, which is ridiculous. But anyway, I, I, I digress there. But because Tai Chi is the officially, as you know, after the Cultural Revolution, in which all sort of traditional martial arts styles were pretty repressed, and so uh, all kung fu kind had a pretty tough time in the 1960s. But after that, there's been this sort of resurgence of it, and it's a nationally recognized, uh, again, it's it's like the national uh, health and fitness martial art of China is Tai Chi. And it is this thing that they want to make sure they get the branding right, that it is uh, a a way in which you accept the energy of somebody else and then they use it back against them. It's never aggressive. It's always very receptive and then rechanneling your own aggression back against you. It's like you can't beat us because everything you use, we just sort of exhaust and, and come back against you. And it does seem to me that it is 
chosen because it is a rhetoric of cultural superiority in the world as China is continuing to seek a new role as a global superpower. And so as one of its cultural exports, um, Tai Chi itself, martial arts film as well in depicting it. And we see more and more sort of Tai Chi stuff um, that's going on. Tai Chi Hero, Tai Chi Warrior. Um, there's a Jet Li Tai Chi movie. There's lots of this stuff going on that overwhelmingly the narrative becomes no matter what you do, we will take your energies and we will just simply push them back at you, and uh, we're better at disrupting and re-decentering uh, what you're doing. And it becomes a bit of a, a bit of a hegemonic bit of rhetoric. It's propaganda. It's propaganda. Yeah. I mean, the, the, again, to to revisit something we talked about earlier, there is a scene where Tiger Chin like beats down on a guy that's very clearly coded as a mixed martial arts fighter. Uh, there certainly seems to be. A bit of China being mad that they are the starting point for all codified martial arts, uh, even though um, the oh god, I can't think of his name. The uh, there's a Buddhist monk from Bodhidharma. India. Bodhidharma, thank you. Yeah, comes to the Shaolin Temple. Basically, even China can trace its codification of martial arts to India, mm-hmm. but then from China it spreads to Korea and Japan, and then. It's off to the races. Basically, after the post-war uh, reconstruction of World War II. I yeah. think you could make the argument that Tai Chi and China are a little mad that Brazil's doing the same thing better. Because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is also an art about using other people's bodies against them, using leverages and all of these things. And I, I think there is a little bit of having your feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. That the world is getting to see this other country who took martial arts from Japan and made them real good. Uh, well, they were already real good. Made them more efficiency-focused. Um, and then Japan took their martial arts from China. I feel like there's a little bit of a feeling of being left in the dirt at people getting better at you th- at the thing that you started. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it reads as just a little bit needlessly butthurt, for yeah. lack of a better way to put it. Uh when instead of being focused on the ways in which tradition uh, should be preserved, you should preserve the tradition of internal ter- interrogation. Yeah. You don't need to preserve the tradition of forms. That's kind of silly and doesn't really serve any purpose in the idea in fighting as a, a school of thought. Right. Uh, and it, yeah, it, it's very interesting that the film spends so much time on this because it very clearly shows like, Ah, this is why the government agreed to finance this movie. Let's 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 be very very clear. Tai Chi and other internal martial arts are basically forms of meditation. They are. That's what they, I mean. They're and, they, de- and this is spoken to in the film a little bit. Abs- absolutely, and and then no doubt they are also forms of self defense. And I think uh, when you learn the practicalities, and I'll tell you, I've studied a little Tai Chi. And Same. Tai Chi is gnarly. Yeah. Like, uh, you start talking about actually using some of these moves, it you will hurt somebody. For sure. You know, doing this stuff. You know, the applications of those particular, uh, you know, moves that are otherwise pretty graceful. But the real purpose of developing Tai Chi as an art, I fundamentally believe, and I have no research, and I have no evidence for this whatsoever, it is how you get eight-year-old boys to meditate. I mean, yeah. That's what That's it is. That's what martial arts have always been that for. that is why it exists uh, the development of shaolin martial arts an external style was basically because the monks could not stay in shape to sit in lotus long enough and so here's something you can do that gets some stretchy stretchy for you and also when the pirates come you can fight back yeah but it, it, it those are the purposes of it and that is fine and so it you, doesn't need to have anything outside of that right it, yeah it's fine that is that is what it offers but there does seem to be a certain amount of like we have to show how badass we are and again tai chi 
can and is very badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not it's not everything. And I, even Tiger Chen, the character, adapts his Tai Chi style throughout the film to better prepare him for fights against other people. He does Bruce Lee. Yeah. It's the yes. Jeet Kune Do Wing Chun yes. thing. It, 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 he says, okay, we've got to do more. And so how do we apply other skills and abilities? I mean, when you look at Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do, how much fencing he is incorporating into his martial arts style. That how much is, Western boxing he's incorporating into his, uh, um, oh my God, his Wing Chun. His Wing yeah. Chun, yeah. I mean, that's what he's doing there. Yeah. And, and so it is adaptation. But there is this sort of conservative impulse to preserve. And I, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for preserving Tai Chi. For sure. And I get it, especially if a, uh, you know, w- when we talk about the Western world, we don't really talk about Brazil enough, but Brazil's part of the Western world. And yes. If you are a uh, traditionalist in the terms of martial arts in China, I can I can see watching what's happening with Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of taking over the world of martial arts, and I can see getting your feelings hurt, for well, sure. Here is the problem, in, in ter- and again, uh, I'm not going to diagnose this. Yeah. No, uh, this is Yeah, you're not listening to the Joe Rogan experience right now. <laughs> here is what needs to be done in the Kuhn. Is that you teach the traditional Chinese forms, you teach the traditional breathing methods, you learn how to meditate in motion, doing Tai Chi for an hour, and then you spend an hour rolling around on the ground. Yeah. Which is exactly what Tai Chi would teach you to do if you were to use. If you use snake creeps down, you're going to break their leg and throw them over your head, which is awesome. Um, at, well, maybe not awesome is the wrong word for, but it's it's a good defense cool. move. You know, when you look at the actual practicalities of those particular gestures, which seem to be simply just a, a, a nice hamstring stretch, um, it's it can be more than that. But if that's what they want, they simply just want to incorporate additional training methods. Um, yeah. with without saying okay, the form, and once you know the form, that's all you know. Well, then you. I mean, yeah, if you can do a, you know, waving clouds or you can make the ball like uh, Tiger Chen does a few times to start. If that's all you do, then you've got a problem. But if you learn how to move your body and roll when the master gets punched in the face and he just keeps moving his face yeah, it's very while cool. he's being punched and so it has no impact on him, that actually works. And that's rad. And that's all I want to say about that. It's, uh, yeah, not everything has to be everything. Yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, the, the, the what'd you call it? You called it bullshito, which I've ah uh, the bullshito. You, you said yeah. something else though. Uh, uh, the woo 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 woo. Let's talk about the the woo woo, huh? Okay. It's weird that this film decides to go mystic uh, late late force. in the game. Yeah, there there's the use of tai chi to channel uh, chi and shoot uh, energy beams at people. Uh, it's a weird call. It is a weird call. Uh, do we have anything to say about it other than it just feels kind of out of place with the rest of the film? I mean, it's the guy from The Matrix, so, you know. Yeah, but the wire works there. It just yeah. it feels, I don't know, it seems to introduce the mysticism into the film that late in the game feels odd. See, I'm all for, I like my mystic kung fu. I mean, I, I love do my too. Cr- crouching tiger, hidden dragons. You Same. know, I mean, I'm a big fan of that kind of wuxia style of uh, kung fu filmmaking. I'm all for it. But that being said, I, I think that if you're going to tap into that, that, there, that either, it either needs to be a very practical kind of fight movie mm-hmm. or it does need to be a spiritual journey kind of film. Yeah, and both. And really doing both, I mean, I, there's probably ways it, in which it could be done. I mean, well, I think this film does a good job of doing both most of the movie. Mm-hmm. But then to sort of drop the woo-woo all of a sudden is, well, it's all of a sudden, and it feels all of a sudden. Yeah, it does feel out of nowhere. I, I agree. I, I think it does feel like the, um, oh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, uh, highly emphatic exclamation point on the dot of, you know, you, you reference, you know, in 
and Tai Chi, the idea of the energy flowing through you and using that back at them. I mean, it's a very, you know, uh, literal variation on that and yeah. emphasizing that, but without kind of introducing those elements of it early in the film. I, I mean, and, and we're speaking of Western audience who aren't really familiar. I mean, you show this to a Chinese audience and they're going to be like, it probably might make, might make more sense uh, in, in that regard. But I think, you know, we've kind of conditioned to expect stuff, you know, if it's not kind of laid out and those seeds planted early mm-hmm. on narratively, if it's not something we're culturally familiar with, then it, it works against the, the story. Yeah, it just, for me, certainly seems to break the internal rules of the film, I guess, is, is where... Uh, and, and maybe I would even have less of an issue with it if uh, we we spend so much of this movie talking about Tiger and whether or not he is going to become a killer and he uses his tai chi to, to kill to to goo up mark donica's insides and then he gets the mega super mega happy ending he gets the girl his master's uh, home is saved he preserves his lineage of martial arts and that's the end of the film he gets the golden ticket for gooing this guy's insides with his chi and it just feels disingenuous to the rest of the film yeah it's, it's an oops a little bit because again i think Keanu and his teams do such a good job throughout the rest of the film of like, even though it does have this kind of melodrama tone, they, they navigate that tone really well. The melodrama works and the story works. The themes are there The the internal struggle of tiger to like want to prove himself. I, I can whoop ass just because I do Tai Chi doesn't mean I'm not a fighter. Uh, and for it to end in this seeming fall to the dark side that still results in the super mega happy ending shows that, you know, regardless of where you are, we talk a lot on this show about, you know, American films and how just there's inherent ideological problems that crop up no matter what story you're telling. It goes to show it doesn't matter where you're telling your story or who's financing it, that there are just certain... We're not good at dealing with conflict on film. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not good at dealing with the idea of uh, retributive violence being a thing that can sometimes be good. Uh, it's just it's a failing of the film, and I think a failing of storytelling in general. I mean, I'm not going to put it on Man of Tai Chi. I think all films do this. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, a, shit, the end of the Matrix does this. It's right? an action movie thing, right? Yeah, but uh, for a film that does such a good job of navigating it for all of its runtime, it does feel like more of a loss than it normally would. Yeah, uh, if you're going to go woo woo, go early. Is yeah. my my official ruling on that. Yeah, and again, I I think Checks if they out. went if they went woo woo and Tiger like still had to like ostracize himself from uh, his master because he chose to kill Mark Donica. I think that's an interesting ending. Mm-hmm. But it, and it, it, it seems to say, well, Mark Donica is the worst bad guy in the world, so he deserves to get killed. And Okay, sure, maybe. But... but even then, there needs to be some kind of penance. Yeah, exactly. Consequence of some sort. And that's really all I wanted to say about the How Hayes Code of you. Yeah, well, yeah, so maybe a little bit. I like punishing uh, the protagonists, which... Uh, yeah, I guess sometimes I can be Hayes Cody. Um, so, well, there you go, dear listener. Those are our thoughts on the man of Tai Chi. Um, let's go ahead and render a verdict of this film. I go to you first, Arthur. What can you say about it? I'm going to be emphasizing all my prepositions from now on. God, you're insufferable. I think, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, but I'm going to say trash uh, at the end of the day. I, I think it's... Uh, Probably fairly forgettable uh, as a story, uh, but it is fun. It's it's an easy watch and uh, some really fun action, but I'm sure there are more influential uh, works with much more interesting and uh, innovative uh, offense uh, to drive the narrative. So for me, it's a 
It's a very, 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 very gentle trash. Fair enough. Thank you very much. What do you say, Dalton? Yeah, I think Keanu's directorial debut is just like such a, a cool thing to be able to to watch. The fact that Keanu Reeves directed a kung fu movie is cool uh, because he owes so much of his career to Yin Wu Ping and Tiger Chin, and for them to team up is is really cool. But there's a better movie where Keanu teamed up with one of his former stuntmen, and it's the John Wick franchise. Uh, Chad Stalski and Keanu have been working real damn hard since 2015 to put out some of the most insane fight scenes that have ever been put to film, and there are films that are fundamentally about how violence is bad uh, at their core. If, if those films are about anything, it's about grief and, and violence being a negative thing. Um, so that's really valuable, and uh, it can win a world where that Keanu former stuntman pairing exists. I can't say that Man of Tai Chi is essential, and I can't say that you have to shelf it. So I'm I'm a very soft shelf as well, or soft trash as well, Arthur. Uh, it's streaming all the time. You know, if you if you you're wanting to watch something kind of more along the lines of a traditional kung fu movie, I think this is a great thing to watch. I think it's a great uh, entry point for uh, uh, anybody who's not really well versed in Chinese cinema or specifically like wushu cinema. I think this is a great place to start. Because of, because of Keanu, but because it follows a lot of kind of just modern filmmaking uh, methodologies, I think it's a great entry point. But yeah, I can't. It's not a shelfer. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now let me tell you a little bit about my shelf before I say what I'm about to you say. Know, okay. So it, on my shelf, because I am a, a, a genre of particular uh, scholar of particular genres. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there are movies that I have that I don't love that I'd want to have. That yeah. I want to have like sort of access to. And for me, Man of Tai Chi is a movie that I would want to have. That being said, so will I probably buy this movie at some point? Yes. Because you are a collector of martial arts films. I'm a collector of martial arts films. And it would be right next to some like some of those Lucio Fulci, you know, Giallo horror films that I also love very, very much. But I'm not going to watch it a lot. I'm going to have it because when I need it, I want to get it then. Yeah. And that, there's a, there's you don't want to worry about whether or not it's on Netflix. There's an, ad, there's an advantage of a physical media there. Um, so I want to I make sure that that is clear. Um, I'm going to buy this movie. Trash. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't recommend you go out and purchase this film. Um, I like it a lot, and it's a movie that I would definitely reference a lot. And, in fact, um, as I was watching this, I went, well, here's an, basically here's the button on one of my chapters of my dissertation. Yeah. Uh, when, when they found this village, I'm like, okay, nailed it. Happy we were able to give that to you. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so it was totally what I wanted, but that being said, it's not – it's not so again those sort of levels of shelves and I've got my Ed and Lorraine Warren shelf it's somewhere down in that dungeon wow though you really do get to just go from the 70s to the crow to the matrix to man and tai chi though huh I'm gonna yeah and it's good yeah I'm so excited for your dissertation it's gonna be good times the rules of Dustin's shelf are getting more convoluted each week they are but he's building his own like mythos around his well, see, I'm, I'm not shelving it. Film like, shelf. I like his. Our shelves are more of a kind of ethereal, the, yeah. the universal shelf. His is his shelf, and I, I respect that. He's got to categorize them like, like a I, Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> uh, d- dude, dude, really? Oh, okay. It's not that organized. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Not anymore. Can I point in the other room? Um, I'm, well, again, our oh, shelves, good. our shelves are ethereal. Okay. They don't exist in physical space. Yes. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I am saying trash, but that is as a recommendation yeah. rather than what I'm actually going to do in my life. As opposed to last week where I'd say I would absolutely say shelf it, but only for the specialist. Even for the specialist, maybe not necessarily the case, but for me particularly in my specialty field, yes. So there you go. That's all I want to say. Um, 
We're going to do one cool. more Keanu movie, right? We got one more Keanu movie to go. Hey, um, talk um, social media stuff first before we do it. Oh, hey. yeah. We've been forgetting to do that lately. That's okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's not super important. Uh, you can follow uh, the Good Trash Media Network on Twitter at good underscore trash. That's not just this show, the genre cast, but everything we do uh, as part of Good Trash Media. We uh, we make sure that the, the twits know about it. Uh, you can also just uh, go to the website, goodtrashmedia.com. It's got everything we make. Uh, we're proud of that website. We're proud of the things that are on there. Uh, if you want to send long-form feedback to this show, you can just do that over at goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Uh, tell us why we're dumb. Tell us why we're beautiful. Uh, tell us all the things that you want to say at that space. Um, you can also, you know, you know the deal. Rate, review, subscribe, all that bullshit. Um, do it if you want. Don't do it if you don't want to. I don't give a shit. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash GTM if you want to help keep the uh, soundboards paid for and the hosting fees paid for. That's it. That's how social media works. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know, use in moderation. So, as we all know, this is um, Dalton's wedding present. Yeah. And we have one more Keanu Reeves movie. That's right. And uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, Dalton will have returned uh, from a very special event. I'll be married by the time this next episode airs, right? Yeah. So what yeah. are we watching? We're watching Destination Wedding. Keanu Reeves uh, has oh. only a few romantic comedies under his uh, filmography, and this very recent film with uh, his his good buddy Winona Ryder is a gem. You know, I have to travel for this wedding. It is I, something of a destination and, and, wedding, and I have to like lose my weekend. Why so. couldn't you have picked something cooler than Tulsa? I mean, really, Tulsa. <laughs> okay, <laughs> T- to foreshadow the film that we'll be talking about on uh, the next episode a little bit, they do point out that somebody's crummy hometown is an acceptable destination. <laughs> We are doing it in my, in my, uh, my beautiful fiance's hometown, so I feel like we get a pass. It's not really a destination wedding. Is Tulsa cooler than Oklahoma City? No. I'll go to bat for that. I, well, Eastern Oklahomans are weird anyway. Well, we'll talk to Al. Alex Sanchez Thanks. of Good Trash Media is Thanks. probably the only person who uh, has enough experience in both Tulsa and Oklahoma City to give a definitive answer. But uh, there you go, dear listener. Next week is going to be Destination Wedding. You keep watching. We'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time. I'm not sure.